The views and opinions expressed in the Hide and Seek podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, positions, or opinions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Most of you know me from the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. Do you enjoy the Hide and Seek podcast? Would you like to show your support? Head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can interact with us as well as share your thoughts, ideas, and theories on this season's episodes by joining the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The following podcast may contain strong language and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's July 6th. 2021, 3.21 p.m. Hey, Ashley. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is James Basinger. I'm the host and creator of the Hide and Seek podcast. I was hoping to speak with you if you have a minute or two. It's in regards to Brittany's case. Eleven days passed before I heard another word from Ashley. On July 17th, I make a brief introductory comment to Greg, Brittany's father, on a Facebook post. I explain who I am and ask him to check his messages. Later that day, I get a notification that Ashley responded to me. If you're James Basinger, it would probably do you some good to private message me. Whether you choose to or not, one word of advice, tread carefully. This is not a case that is taken lightly by those who care and it is not one that is up for the picking to score some bonus, likes, or views or to help anyone catch their big break. Brittany is not entertainment. She is a real person with family that loves and misses her, friends that love and miss her, and a few of us out here still searching for justice and trying to bring her home. I was caught off guard by the response to me on Greg's post. It's not what I expected. And frankly, it came off a bit of aggressive. But I understand this is a sensitive subject. And at this time, I didn't really know too much about Ashley or her role in this case. So I did my best to be understanding and tolerant. Turning the other cheek is much easier said than done but it's required part of the job. Hey guys, today's episode is going to be a bit different than what you're used to. We're about to head back to Sturgis, but before we do, I think it's appropriate to share with all of you the evolution of my relationship with Ashley. What you're about to hear are some of the actual communications between Ashley and myself starting in July of 2021. It's July 17th, 2.09 a.m. And I assume Ashley has just seen my comment on Greg's post and notices that I sent her a message request on July 6th, 
asking for a minute of her time to speak with her about Brittany's case. Absolutely, but I assure you, you're going to need a lot more than a minute or two. I'm sorry, I just now saw your message. So weird. The 6th was Brittany's birthday. The same day I had some massive pieces of info fall into my lap. She always comes through for me with something big on her birthdays. A few things before we begin, though. To hopefully help you understand, maybe? Not sure what words I'm searching for there. Anyway, first and foremost, I want to let you know I'm in the spectrum, so the whole social communication stuff isn't my strong suit. I often, almost always, find very long-winded responses due to the fact that I feel no details can be left out. What may seem trivial to me could be the single piece that allows someone else to find the answer, or vice versa. I will also let you know, I don't sugarcoat shit. I do not and will not lie. If you look through the group, you'll see exactly what it is I'm about. Even when it comes to myself, I won't tweak details to make myself appear better or whatever. If I wanted to look better when the stories are told, I should have behaved differently while they were being written. I live my truth, but more than that, truth is the only thing that will bring my friend home and being her justice by holding the responsible people accountable. The cops are a fucking joke. I recently found what is probably the single most damning piece of evidence yet, and they still haven't said a word to me, even though I emailed them right after telling Bert's dad about it. BTW, don't take any offense to Greg not speaking to you. It's been two and a half years and Greg hasn't spoken to anyone about Britt's case because of the shit show it's been turned into. He reached out to me though a couple months back. I'm literally the first and only person he has talked to since he talked to the cops back in January of 19. Right around the last time I spoke to them too. My last time was February of 19 because of what transpired when I did. Same with him. He never spoke to them again because of how his visit went. Okay, I'll stop for now so you can catch up and we'll go from there. I sincerely hope you are legit, because this is what Britt's case needs now. A voice to get these smaller voices for her heard. Hey Ashley, thanks for getting back to me. I'd love to speak tomorrow and properly introduce myself. Let me know if and when you have time. I can assure you... I'm here to push the envelope. I appreciate your honesty and dedication to finding out what happened to Brittany. I'm very sorry this is how we have to meet. I wish it were under better terms. But I truly believe you'll be happy with what I have to share. I'll wait for your response on a time we can face chat. I didn't intentionally send Ashley a message on Brittany's birthday. It just happened to be that way. I'm excited to hear about the big information that's fallen into Ashley's lap. She mentions her writing style is often long-winded, and I've got to say, she's not lying. Her responses often seem like an ode to Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. She assumes Brittany's father won't speak to me and warns me not to be offended. Ashley says he hasn't spoken to anyone in nearly three years that have passed since this all happened. I figure... It's going to be a real uphill battle to get Greg to talk to me. I make a note of this and stick it to my suspect board. A little piece of motivation for the long days ahead. At 8.06 a.m., Ashley tells me, 
I'm available every day. I don't work. It's kind of hard to when people want you to disappear too, LMAO. I'm curious about this comment, but I don't want to seem too invasive. At 9.39 a.m., I see a new message pop up. Then you have me. Britt was my best friend, and I was her best kept secret, which is why she was going to move in with me. She never got the chance to, though. She came to me for help right before she disappeared. She wanted to know all about securing her accounts. Never told me why. I was still kind of green in the ways of securing shit. Like, I could lock you down like Fort Knox, just never considered the recovery part at that point. Oops. Oh well. That's how you last, I guess. There's so, so, so much information I have. I tell her I'm more than happy to answer any questions she has. She asked me how I found Brittany's case. I explained that at the end of the last season, we asked listeners for case suggestions. I make sure to add that none of the people who suggested Brittany's case were family or friends. Ashley seems excited and tells me she thinks that's incredible. I was curious, though. Why Ashley tells me she was Brittany's best-kept secret? What did that even mean? And why is she a secret? I made a note of that and put it to the side for now. I take advantage of her wide-open schedule and quickly set up a time for us to video chat. We agree on 1 p.m. I was eager to connect with Ashley. It seemed like she might be the best resource for information at that point. I felt for her. She says Brittany was her best friend. That label makes me think Brittany and Ashley played a big part of one another's lives. After all, to me, it appeared Ashley had gone as far as making a group to discuss Brittany's case. A place she could share and gather information with others and devote time to helping bringing her best friend home. It seemed like sincere dedication on Ashley's part. As you'll hear next, Ashley seemed really eager to help me help her find her best friend, and I'm really grateful for her assistance at this point. I think this is I think this is what what we need. I think this dude's gonna be legit. I have a call for. I'll let you know how it goes. But I think this is how we get her voice heard. Yeah. Watch. I'll get it. I'll pull his ears open. Yeah, it's... I started this out, but I learned real quick. That I'm I'm going to ask you to understand and... I don't take... Is, is be patient. I got to get close to her, too. You absolutely do. You do. So... Britt will not see those. Because I am the only one out here pushing for truth and not an agenda. Everyone else has a, a, a hidden agenda somewhere. I'm gonna go to the houses. Huh? You just talked about the theme too. Can I send you the conversation, like the whole her and Don? Yeah. I'm curious because pretty much everything that anyone sends anyone uh -huh. originates from here. Oh, really? I spend 
days and days in here just by myself going through everything. So when I come to you and ask you about stuff, I want to be able to ask you the questions that I need to ask. That also means I need to ask Jessica the questions I need to ask. Send me your email. Yeah, if you can, if you're able to get it by Wednesday, that'll allow me to. Oh, did I say Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) You're already counting. No, no, no. I got till Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) So we're gonna talk tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. Patterns. Everyone has them. Everyone functions in them, whether they realize it or not. You just sit back and you look for what doesn't fit. What's different? And then you got them. Our first video chat lasted four plus hours. I came away with a positive attitude about Ashley. She was charming, confident, and playful. Funny and charismatic. Things seemed to be going well. She's trying to supply me with everything I need to get this case moving. The first 24 hours after my chat, my messenger inbox is on fire. She's sending pics. Videos, video recordings, voice recordings of people I don't know, screenshots one right after another. I welcomed her eagerness, but I was overwhelmed. I was standing in an information pool of quicksand, and I was up to my neck in stuff I didn't understand, and I was sinking fast. Ashley was so eager, she didn't provide context for most of what she was sending, and I'm not sure if she understands that moving fast isn't the same as going somewhere. I understood her urgency though. She wants to find her best friend. I know that Greg has said that he heard the 911 call. I know that Greg has not talked to anybody besides you from what you shared. I'm gonna still reach out to him. Considering this conversation, if you wanna circle back to him and say, hey. I'm going to. I can be, I can wait on that. I think I can get him because after two years of not talking to the cops, it was the night he contacted, I was talking to Britt's sister, Maddie, and I was telling her all this new shit that I had. And it was my first time talking to her. While I was talking to her, he messaged me and said, can you give me a call tonight? And I kind of panicked because I know Greg doesn't talk to anybody. I'm like, dude, your dad wants me to call him. I'm terrified. And she was like, well, he's not, he's not talked to anybody. Don't be scared. I ran into talking to him for like two, three hours that night. He's like, well, I figure you're talking to Emily, which is his wife, and you're talking to Maddie, and they're coming to me with all the information. I figured I should just go straight to get the horse's mouth. The more I listened to Ashley, the more I felt like I was on my first trip to Vegas, and this woman is rolling dice while she's holding all the cards, a bucket of chips, a tray of drinks, and the attention of everyone at the table. I'm holding nothing, not a chip to my name, and I'm not afraid to say, I was intimidated. You are so close to like the actual path that things are taking right now. Yeah. (laughs) So you have that, and we have you, where people have been reaching out to you because you've been very active and involved, but now... I haven't thought that they know of. I have been so quiet, and nobody knows, hardly anyone knows about me, so I don't go out looking for stuff. I've never gone out looking. The shit falls. But how did they find out who you are? 
is it usually referred by somebody? This has all just happened since May, since I spoke up and in the group and said, "Enough of the bullshit. Right. We're gonna we gotta find Britt." So somebody saw that, and they said, "Someone okay, commented talk to in you. the group and said, go to Ashley if you're scared.' Yeah. So I caught, That's when I came on and said, "Absolutely, I'll take anything. I won't reveal any names. I'm already on the chopping block, so bring it to me." And that they've slowly started since May first. That's it's all just started coming in now. May 1st held no significance to me at the time I did this interview. Ash mentions this date a few times. I didn't think too much about it, but I made a note of the date and stuck it to the side of my suspect board. Ashley mentioned how she had been silent up to this date. She says nobody even knows who she is. It made me wonder how she got all the information she kept talking about having. I don't, I believe that Jessica really does not know where Brittany is. I do believe that Jessica was not involved directly in Brittany's disappearance. I absolutely believe she knows who is and has been cleaning up for and covering for, for two years. Because logically, why else would a mother intentionally steer shit wrong? Intentionally. Like right now, I am her, her biggest She's told people she will quote bet her life on it that has something to do with it. Why? Why? Read through why? our messages. And then we're, I'm going to ask you this question again, but we're on the topic. Why does she say that? That she thinks it's you. Right. She truly enjoys causing as much harm, pain, damage to someone as she can. So, if you read through our messages, you will see. Like at one point, I even tell her, like, dude, I just need to talk. I miss my mom. She's alive, but she doesn't talk to me anymore. Like, I just need to come talk to you. For a minute, she was all I had. And I really, she fooled me. She actually fooled me into believing that she cared. Mm. Like, that is good. Because I don't get emotionally attached to people. Mm-hmm. It's It takes so much for that to happen. Yeah. But when the question is, why do you think she's involved? Because it's one thing for me. You mean thinking Jessica? So when Jessica puts it out that she thinks that she swears she thinks you're involved or whatever. That's the thing. She never, ever has ever given a reason because she can't. She will only say it's Ashley. Ashley told me she doesn't think Jessica had anything to do with Brittany's disappearance, but she thinks she knows what happened to her daughter. I could tell there was a lot of personal feelings that were being thrown in the mix. Ashley expressed her feelings about missing her mother. It seemed like Jessica filled that void in her life for a short period of time. Whatever the fallout was between the two of them, Ashley seems to be harboring some hard feelings towards her. Three hours into our first video chat, Ashley was starting to open up to me. My kids got taken away during this. Yeah. What's that? All three of my kids were taken away during all this. I still don't know how he did it. Full custody. Full custody. Every year he took me to court for custody and I left full custody within two months. Britt goes missing. I'm told to stop looking into it and I don't. I get told I'm in for trouble if I don't. And I don't listen. My kids are gone. And then my house is gone. The cars are gone. Like, 
they mean it when they tell you to stop nosing around. But I haven't. Do you still get to see him? I haven't seen or talked. No, nope, I haven't seen him or spoke to him. In how long? A week after Brett went missing. A week after she I lost my best friend, my kids. My parents stopped talking to me. I lost it all at the same time. But I haven't stopped because she never gave up on me. Yeah. She came to me for help. Just because she'd gone doesn't mean I'll stop. I can't. So did, when you, when you, I mean, this is obviously getting off a little bit off subject, but I feel it's okay to talk about when you, so a, a week or two after Britt went missing, this is when you lost your kids? And in two months, he managed to get my rights stripped. How did, when I was, how did you? I have no clue. I never went to court. So how did how, that, because, okay, so. My court date, after they took on my court date was in January, and I still had the screenshot that said St. Joe County is closed due to weather. The whole county was closed, which means the courthouse. So I waited for something in the mail or a reschedule or something. And on Valentine's Day, I got something in the mail. And it was the termination of my rights. I forfeited them for national court. But I don't know how I was supposed to show up at the courthouse. Quote. Did you take that in the courthouse? No, I never had a chance from one to the next. After they took my kids and I didn't stop, I got a bogus eviction. So I have the one eviction, then you take care of it. Then three months or something. I don't know the process, but by the time I got it, I had one week. One week to go to court and get the fuck out. I don't know how they did that. The things on the eviction, my apartments had a battered woman in them added. If there was any damages to the apartment caused by an abusive ex or spouse, she can't be evicted. They're evicting me for damages in the apartment. I said, I'm protected by those because those were from battles with my ex-husband. Doesn't that matter at all? And the judge said, no, not really. I said, what do you mean, no, not really? And they said, I was getting evicted for multiple arrests. In my I had never even been arrested in my life at that point. No one had ever been arrested in my place, ever, in the three years I lived there. Mm -hmm. Everything on there was made up. So, but I was told to stop or I'd be in something trouble and they my kids and they took my house and then my car was stolen and I think it was just month after month yeah, like clockwork and I couldn't find my footing before the next one hit like I've never had anything happen to me in my life until Britt went missing and then everything all opens floodgates open I guess I've never had nothing I, I didn't know any of these people so I came into this whole thing like what I didn't have loyalties that lied anywhere. I didn't have vice my loyalties lied with Brit. Yeah. So I knew I couldn't bring the kids home anyway, even if I wasn't getting evicted, because shit was getting I didn't know what was gonna happen. People that were coming around, things were getting dangerous. It was I don't know, I followed it though. And then I had to run away down here. Still, I've stopped and I will not. I won't. You've had some. Just tip of the iceberg. <laughs> you've had some rough ones. Yeah, you've had some rough ones. Gosh, I am very sorry. But they've all led to me to that. the answers. Like, they've led me here. Yeah. And I I have all the pieces. I know I do. I just need to figure out how to put them together. It's like put the puzzle together face down without knowing what the picture looks like. 
I didn't know Ashley's life story. I was sympathetic to her struggles. I've had similar struggles and I could identify with her feelings. In my life, I try to accept responsibility for my actions. If you don't accept responsibility for your actions, then you're forever chained to the position of defense. Ashley mentioned that she lost custody of her children two weeks after Brittany's disappearance because she wouldn't give up searching for answers. I recognize that Brittany's disappearance feels like the reason she's lost her children, her apartment, and her vehicle. We're at the four hour mark in our video conversation. I want to form rapport with Ashley and I want her to feel comfortable. Now that we've gotten to know one another and she clearly feels comfortable enough to share her personal life details, I bring the conversation back around to Brittany's case and focus on why we're here. I have a couple of concerns and I want to address them with Ashley before we end our call. I want to be certain that Ashley understands that we go where the evidence of the investigation leads us. She has to be open to the facts, no matter what they are or who they lead us to, just like she asked me to be open in my investigation. Ashley seemed understanding that I would be looking into her just like I would be looking into everyone else that came on my radar. But if we took a random case and we said, let's read the same case file and you read it and I read it and then we said, okay, who do you think did it? You and I could have the same answer. We can also have the opposite answer. When I get to a point where I feel I I don't think there's anything there, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Then I'm just going to be making content for what? Who is that really for? Mm -hmm. I also don't want people to think that I'm going to put out what they want me to put out. That's not how that works. (laughs) Jessica's not going to like that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm letting everybody know just so I can say I told everybody the same thing. Like I said, I, I'm coming in here to, to flip over every stone. I don't feel I'm doing my job unless I'm flipping over every stone. So I'm going to say this right now. And please don't take offense to it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Look at me as a suspect. Everyone needs to be a suspect. Yeah. So I've never been bothered by that. I wind down the conversation with Ashley and ask her to send me everything she has. She asked me, everything? I said, yeah, everything. I leave my studio and head to bed. And then, the floodgates open. Over 100 messages later, I'm flooded with information and it doesn't stop. I'm trying to keep up, but it's all random and when there's no context, I can't decipher what I'm receiving or what I should do with it. Picture yourself sitting in a very busy restaurant, chatter happening all around you, There's a very loud hum of conversation hovering over you. You do your best to focus on the person in front of you and what they're saying. Before you know it, the server comes and asks you to recap every conversation that happened at every table around you since the moment you sat down. Names, dates, and places are all melting together like butter melts onto a hot pan. I fully recognize I should be starting to piece this puzzle together, but where the fuck do I even start? Oh, oh my goodness. Holy smokes. Um, what the fuck? That was a lot, dude. I'm like overwhelmed. I don't know how to even organize this. Like there's duplicates. There's like that has no context. Like what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. 
Like, where, where are you stop? <laughs> uh, holy smoke, she just sent it, didn't she? Just everything. That's what I asked for. I just didn't think it would come in this format. Like, like I don't know what that, there's this voice screenshot conversation. Like, what is this? Like, if this is her approach on investigating and organizing and trying to figure out, like, this is a freaking mess. Like, there's no structure. There's no organized, like, files and where to find things. Like, there's nothing. It's just random screenshots. And screenshots on, like, different websites, like Truthfinder or Fast People Search or whatever, like, she's taking possible relatives and pointing them out and saying, what the fuck, and pointing an arrow to, like... How? What does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you? Like, why would I understand the context of what you putting WTF next to this name and circling it? And Right now, if I had to describe my state of mind in one word, it would be confusion. I'm not sure which direction to go here. I know I should trust the weight and embrace the uncertainty. But uncertainty is one of the most stressful feelings... And right now, between the confusion, chaos, and uncertainty, stress is my middle name. I don't know what I've gotten myself into. When I start an investigation, I strongly prefer to get as much of the details and story in person as I can. This doesn't just hold true for Ashley, but for anyone I plan to meet. So while Ashley continues to send me information about Brittany's case, and I am appreciative of it, I did my best to avoid getting too deep into things until we could sit down in person. Ashley and I maintained regular communication after our first video chat. She became very comfortable sharing details of her personal life. Regardless of why Ashley was involved with Brittany's case or how she ended up where she is, I still had empathy for her. Listening to her voice messages made it clear to me that she was in pain. I did my best to listen and provide some level of understanding and encouragement to her. At first, I thought she was receptive. She seemed somewhat encouraged, but I realized what she was receptive to was having a shoulder to lean on. None of it is deserved whatsoever. Because the only thing I've ever done is just not stop looking for Brit. It's the only thing that I've done. I couldn't stop now even if I wanted to. I can't unknow the things that I know. It's what I know that's getting me fucking hunted, for lack of better words. I did figure out a lot, though. They're not trafficking girls. They're selling videos. They're drugging them. They're raping them. They're filming it. They're selling the videos. My babies would be fine. People die every day. Yeah, they would hurt. They haven't seen me in three years. They haven't heard from me in three years. I don't even know what they look like. I'm in a position now where I can't I can't even create a life where they can come home to. 
<laughs> they made sure of that. Fast forward to August 16th, 2021. We land in Kalamazoo. Things are already not going how we planned. We think our luggage is just delayed, so we head to dinner to waste time. Two hours later, we head back to the airport and find out our luggage still hasn't arrived. Around midnight, we finally make it to our Airbnb, hot, sweaty, and exhausted. I send Ashley a quick message. Hey, that sounds good. I'll send you uh, the address. Uh, just give me confirmation that you're going to be here at, I think we said seven or eight, but just let me know. We have to run to the store to grab some cards, but um, I just need to know what time you're coming. If you could, that'd be great. Thanks. But August 17th, 1.16 a.m. Punctual isn't my thing. I told you, there's a set in stone time. I'm always late because I'm so worried about being too early or being too late that I end up being so late it's retarded. For you though, I'll do my best. That's all I got though. If I'm feeling like I might fall asleep, I'll drive over and pass out in my Jeep in the parking lot. Then if you don't hear from me by seven or eight, just come outside and wake me up. Before I know it, the sun is peeking through the blinds. Ethan and I head out to meet Ashley. Over the next two days, Ashley interviews with me. We go to Brittany's grandma's, the crash site. She shows me various spots around the area she thinks I might be interested in. We wrap things up and Ashley heads out. I spent most of the morning on the 19th trying to get Jessica to follow through with her plans and meet so we can get things rolling. My time there was limited and there was a lot to get done. Jessica and I go back and forth between calls and texting for a while. She finally agrees to meet for breakfast at a restaurant not too far away. She shows up with her boyfriend Loco and we get to know one another. Most of the day is spent getting their interviews done and they take Ethan and I to a couple of different places she felt were important. Now, I want to share with you what my communication looked like with Ashley on the 19th. 7.35 a.m. You know what I just thought about? This is kind of serious, too. Sheldon won't admit to suspecting Jessica having part in anything with her there. Neither will Eric, or anyone for that matter. No one will speak ill of her in front of her, because they all know the repercussions of doing so. So you're going to have to follow up with people from today at some point without her around. I'm not telling you how to do your job or anything, just letting you know of a potentially large obstacle on the way to the truth of the matter. 7.36 a.m. So, Thor, whenever you're ready, LOL. Fast forward to later that day, 5.22 p.m. I might be coming up that way tonight still if you need me or want to pull an all-nighter. Just let me know. 6.45 p.m. What's up? A minute later. I haven't left the house yet because, for whatever reason, 
no one is responding to any of my messages. 7.12 p.m. I just woke up. 8.14 p.m. Awesome. Four minutes later. Thanks. Hope you got everything you needed from me. Deuces. Hold up. Is this where you're taking this? Sure. Okay. August 19th, 11.02 p.m. I just spent a night somewhat reliving my best friend's last moments. Came home to an asshat who isn't supportive and can't even pretend to be. So I'm dealing with all sorts of fucking emotions I don't fucking want. And I'm doing it fucking alone. So fuck you and your perfect life and everyone else that has something to say about it. No one gives a shit anyway as long as they got what they need. Wow. Duly noted. August 19th, 11.18pm. That's all you have to say? Cool. I didn't figure you actually gave a shit. You're good at making it seem like it, though, so thanks. I'm not going to argue over text. If you want to take a call and have this conversation, give me a call. August 20th, 12.41am. Who's arguing? Nothing to even argue about. I had nightmares all fucking morning. I tried not going to sleep because I was afraid that was going to happen. But I lost that battle around 6am. Woke up at noon in a pool of sweat with my heart racing. Passed back out till 7. Woke up the same way. Realized I need to fix the damn cage. Again. But I can't hardly function because I'm full of bottled up emotions from working with you on this shit all week and coming home to no one to even talk to about it all. The night at Brittany's grandma's fucked me up. Came home, had to keep it all in. The filming? Came home, had to keep it all in. Then today, I get asked what the fuck is wrong with me because everything is setting me off. But he knows where the fuck I've been all week. He knows what the fuck I've been working on all week. But what the fuck is wrong with me? Why the fuck am I acting like this? Probably because no one takes a fucking second to consider anyone else. Or see that someone else's world is fucking imploding. That's how it goes, though. August 20th, 5.08 a.m. So you're just going to ignore me until I call, or what? 6.10 a.m. Let me know when you're awake. We'll talk in person. August 20th, 7.39 a.m. Okay, cool. I was going to apologize and explain, but I guess that's not going to happen. Ash, I literally just woke up. Please, stop assuming I'm ignoring you. You messaged me at 6 this morning requesting me to let you know when I'm awake, and you didn't even give me the chance to wake up. I'll call you back this morning. I'm jumping in the shower. I need to pack the equipment, and as soon as I'm done, I'll call you. 9.18 a.m. LOL, well, fuck, I'm here. I've been driving around all night crying, losing my goddamn mind. I guess a little more driving won't hurt anything at this point. I'm just going to head back home, I guess, and wait to hear something. I can't drive around anymore. I thought I could. I decided not to respond to the messages, and instead, I called, like I told her I would. We speak, and I make it clear 
that I'm here working and she can stop assuming the worst. I really didn't want to go down this road, but red flags were raised here. Even though I know ignoring signs is a good way to end up at the wrong destination, I put them on the shelf to deal with at a later time. I won't sugarcoat shit either. Heading home, this incident was on my mind. We packed up to start the trip home and grabbed lunch on the way to the airport. As we were boarding the plane, I heard my phone go off. It was Ashley. She writes, I miss you guys already. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Over the next couple months, we worked hard to try to figure out how all the characters Ashley had thrown at me fit into this puzzle. Our suspect board was starting to look like a game of guess who. When I spoke to Ashley before leaving Sturgis about being patient with the information she was giving, I thought I got through to her. I thought the situation was cleared up. But as the days went on, the messages kept pouring in and her patience kept dwindling. She wanted immediate recognition each time she sent a message. Audio messages on Facebook were an easy way for Ashley to relay information to me, and they were arriving fast and furious, and didn't always make much sense to me. What you'll hear next is a small portion of what I was receiving. But you've got the fact that she's in... So, I'm going back to... No, she's not. She's making not this all the because because we can we can go down these paths of us feeling this way but there's only one true story right so my thing is is okay i'm following you this leonard guy and her and this album that he shared and said our daughter and it possibly not being you know great not being the father of Brittany is something that you're saying is possibility yeah okay Here's my, and this isn't this isn't something that you and I would know, but I know that they collected Greg's DNA because they wanted it to match something to be able to match. And nothing ever came of that. But they're using it on file to to keep for the right. DNA testing. But if they don't know that Brittany is not Greg's either, the DNA. Then would, we're never going to know this unless we find something of Brittany to test the DNA. 
Right, but they would know by looking at Greg's DNA and Britney's DNA and saying this isn't. They don't much. have Britney's DNA yet, though. I'm pretty sure they do. They collected her items already. Okay. Regardless. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue things. Regard. Regardless. What? Regardless. Greg is or isn't who you're saying the Leonard guy's the Leonard guy's responsible. You feel what you feel because they share a child and it's not really Greg's daughter. It's his daughter, Leonard's. I'm just saying about as, as far as Brittany goes, being Greg's or not, that's what I believe off of that message. But Brittany being Greg's, anyone's holds no merit as to why I think he's responsible. What I've found that makes me look at him, whether we find the missing daughter or not, not Brittany, the one that he's talking about, doesn't change the fact that these voicemails exist, these emails exist, the threats exist, the anger exists. All of that, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have any effect on why I think what I think. Why I think what I think is because of what I see, what I'm seeing, what I read, what I've heard in the voicemails. Not, he said, she said bullshit coming at me. Actual fucking things that happened that line up with these things over here that line up with these things over here and it's not a direction anyone's ever going to look because nobody nobody knows anything about nobody knew about Danny she's been with for three years who is dude's cousin that she left dude for that name just started coming up when I mentioned it like what a month ago two months ago no about a month ago I just find out today that it's fucking his cousin, Leo's cousin. Okay. People are trying to find out who these voices belong to. Because these voices are the most solid thing that's ever come up in this entire time. So, in the voicemails that you're talking about, making sure that I'm understanding which ones you're referring to, is the night that she was missing, the minutes before... The 911 call. Minutes, seven minutes after the last 911 call. And so, it's your. Okay. You see, I don't you know think if you've heard night, the other ones that, yet. Well, Have you? I believe I've heard the majority of them. Okay. I didn't know if I sent you the really long video or not. Like 32 minutes. I have a 32 minute long screen recording I took where I just went through playing each one. Send that one to me. And this okay. is who we think the guy is, the Leonard. Right. That one, the 32-minute one, all those are the same person. And that those are the ones that say the same things as these emails, the same kind of threats in the same fashion. And though all of those are a very distinct voice different from the three that happened on November 30th. Um, I think around 2 p.m., 5 p.m., and then the one right when Brett went missing. Okay. Where the fuck did that one picture go? Oh, right there. This was December of 18. I think I did send that to you because you said it's about 20 days. And then this one right here was one day ago. What's, what is that? What? Need why help? 
your... Tell them I'm here, who I am, what I need. And she better be safe. That's on December 20th? Yeah. Okay. So 20 no days clue, after she... No clue, but I've got in. people that know this Brandon guy who are in contact with him to try to find out what that was about. But I told them, too, to be careful because... Jessica has a brand new profile again. Jessica Hersley. She only has three friends on it, and Brandon is one of them. He he and Loco are, I guess, like tighter than tight. Brandon is. Yeah, with Loco. Yeah. And then screw it, goodbye world. It was it wasn't real, ever real at all. So the game is so the game you call love. Okay. What does that mean? And she better be safe. I don't have any clue. And why would, but like, why are you making this public too? If this was like. No clue. The lady I'm talking to that knows them though, she did say that it, she thinks it might be about someone else, but she's going to find out for sure. Like, I'm work. That's why I said 97. Brandon, I'm not all the way, Brandon all the way there. But I am there. Eventually, I began to realize that. I couldn't possibly chase down every lead Ashley sent me. It just wasn't humanly possible. Some of the leads didn't actually lead anywhere. Some of them didn't lead to anything that had to do with Brittany's case. And some of them were incomplete, so I needed more information. Our communication began to drop off somewhat. And I could tell some of this was because Ashley was frustrated that I couldn't always respond to her on her time. She's providing leads that I'm supposed to chase, but if I'm chasing leads and doing what I'm here to do, I won't have time to respond immediately. The red flags are raising again. In early February of this year, Ashley sent me a screenshot of a message between her and Scott, Brittany's uncle you heard in episode three, part two. The screenshot shared with me shows a portion of an earlier text message she sent to Scott. In that earlier text message, Ashley tells Scott that what I'm doing will end up padding my pockets nicely. She goes on to tell Scott that podcasts make money with sponsors and all you need to get a sponsor is a bunch of listeners. She does her best to convince him, continuing on to say that all the bullshit surrounding Britney's case, thanks to Jessica not wanting it to end, will help my podcast end up with so many listeners and Lord knows what kind of spin he'll put on it. She ends by telling him she thinks I'm doing this for the wrong reasons, and she's sorry because she put her name on it and feels it's her fault. When I read this, I was immediately heated. Let me set the record straight right now. I called Scott and cleared things up and then directed my attention to Greg, Brittany's father. Sharing my conversation with Greg isn't necessary. But what I will say is that we have never asked Brittany's family for a dime and they have no concern about any of this nonsense. This move by Ashley seemed very familiar. In early 2020, a documentarian named John Crimes began looking into Brittany's disappearance. His idea was to make a documentary on Brittany's case. Thought it might be a good idea to reach out to John myself. talking to my friend Stephanie Harlow about this. I told her I was going to do this uh, episode. She said, like, the 
best thing you did was stop covering that. Even with the stuff that happened in the group, man, like, I just, I don't want to be in that mode. You know what I I'm know. saying? Like, I know. I'm sitting there, when you see me talking shit, I'm just like, you have no idea all the information I have on you. Yeah. All right, I, I'll, I'll talk trash to you here, but I'll protect you. I won't even put it out. I guess you got the same information, so it's going to get out anyway. Did Jessica ever get her Facebook back? No. The one that she's you're referring to, Ashley still has. And so, if I'm so evil, why didn't you find anything when you went into Jessica's account? I know you've seen every message we said. And you saw you you went into this woman's account and you have to show nothing uh, at all. And I would have had to take just for a documentary just to clear my head, like a tree and all the branches of the stories that they did just to, to, to get the clutter it was so much clutter mm-hmm. so many different ways of different people that could have been with her the last it was just it was crazy man John I wanted to talk to you for a while now because when I was when I first started investigating the case I found out that there was somebody that had already been doing something similar to what I was doing and we've already talked previously about this before but to kind of give the listeners uh, uh, an understanding you do now, probably only difference is visual you know you guys have a, a listening podcast and I must do a uh, visual more like a documentary this definitely would have been just like a just a full regular documentary I would have done on Brittany collect the information tell what you have and then let the listeners you know make their own decision tell us how you got, you came across Brittany's case and why you chose it when I first got into, like, on YouTube, the true crime, you know, I was brain spanking new, maybe a week, one week on. And two other people invited me on their podcast, and they had Brittany Mom on. And I'm floored. I've never been on a podcast before. It's, all this is new to me, and I'm listening to her story. And at the end of the podcast, she gave us all the phone number. And I remember the next week after we did the podcast, like, all these people went out to call start in the fields to search for Brittany. It was, like, a couple of days later. And I was like, you really can make a change. Like, this is, this, is, this is really good. But I remember I kept their phone number. Fast forward a year later. The guy who did the podcast, he turned out to be this horrible, scamming guy. Uh, other things, not even dealing with true crime, uh, making up false stories on, uh, that his family is sick so he can get people online and send them money. He take pictures of like, he took the x-ray of a dog, told him his dog was sick. But he took the x-ray from online. I did a, we did a picture reverse. Like this is, he's stealing stuff online to scam people out of stuff. So when I realized he was scamming people, I remember like, yo, I did a podcast with this guy on this case in Michigan. He raised money for, oh, what's her name? I started going through my phone, like, oh, Jessica. I called Jessica and I said, uh, did you ever receive the money for such and such? And she was like, what money? I don't know. She knew what I was talking about. And I was so angry because I felt like, I felt like a person trusted the true crime community. And I felt like he spoke for all of us when he, when he scammed that money. So I told uh, Jessica on the spot, I said, I would like to do a documentary for you free of charge. Nothing. I don't want nothing for it. And that, that started it. So Jessica yeah. never, she never reached out to you and sought you out. You was, it was you because of what you were trying to make right by somebody who would... Yeah, I was just trying to see, you know, did she receive the money or is is, is this case another scam of a long scam that this guy did? 
I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep it 100 with Jessica because we've had this conversation before multiple times. But we've talked about there have been people who have talked about the uh, that that Jessica has taken the money that's been raised for Brittany and that she's used those funds for personal entertainment, drugs, gambling, yeah. food, whatever. I have no idea. I've heard all sorts of stuff. I heard about that from later. This is something else that they were saying she did. But for this particular one, he he got all the money. Like, she didn't even know that this one even existed. But this one, but I did hear what you heard about, yeah. I think, maybe like seven months later on a different one. You had confronted uh, Jessica, or you had approached Jessica about it and said, did you get it? She said no. She didn't know what I was talking about. She, yeah. had, she, she was dumbfounded. Like, what? What? She raised money for us? She didn't know. So it wasn't the popular one that she went out promoting, like right. promote, give this money. It, it wasn't that one. Right. He just made up something after she left the show. Where did you start? Because for me, for example, I'll go to any missing Facebook page that they originally have just because that's an yeah. easy one to start at. Mm-hmm. So I'll look at that family members, friends, and try to kind of put the pieces together and then make those contacts. And then it has nothing to do with this family, that family, this party, that party. It's, mm-hmm. I'm only going to who I feel like I need to speak to. Yeah. So what? Did, how was that process for you? Did you reach out to multiple members of the family or did you kind of rely on Jessica at all to do that or now, well in the beginning so <clears throat> of course you naturally you want to talk to more people mm-hmm. like she mentioned uh, she had a son she had another daughter I wanted, I would like to talk to them as well it said that our son may not be willing to talk then she invited me into the Facebook group that she had by this point I shot my own trailer with actors actresses I, you know, I've done all these cases. I thought they're going to be like happy, like you know, somebody's going to do some real thing with Britney Shane case. So I go into the Facebook group and then that's when I meet Britney's father and he immediately cussed me out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, and I, I went back to, to, to Jessica and I was like, uh, what initiated that though? Like when you said he, you go in, he cussed you out. Did you post something? Did he say anything to you? Like what, do you remember how that started? I can't remember specifically, but I think I may. I think I posted the. I may have posted the trailer at the time. I said something, but you know, with him being a father, as soon as he like cussed me out, I was like, okay, I guess I can't talk to him. I didn't say anything back. I didn't respond to anything. So I said, okay, just move forward. So I got a lot. I got a little backlash at first. Got people commenting and stuff, and um, I was just confused as to why they was I didn't understand at this point it was so new that there was sort of a a war for both sides of the family I didn't understand like the mom side and the dad side don't get along I didn't know any of this stuff I was completely green the timeline is you made the video did you release the video and then join the Britney Shank group or had you tried to make you hadn't made any contact yet with family members at that point yet because I'm, I'm trying to understand, is, no. is the backlash coming no. from them because they're seeing this video and they have no idea what's going on in this documentary and it's about Britney I thought Shane. they was going to be happy. I thought, well, I, I wasn't that girl. I was all smiles. Like, they're going to be like, yes, somebody's going to look into this case. They're going to be on board. But uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, and they, they were not happy at all. I think the only thing I would say is this. And this would be the only thing where I would think maybe, okay, this is where I can understand. Because I just still don't understand where Greg's anger came from. Did he see this video? It's a video about his baby girl who's missing, and this guy's telling the story, but I haven't even been talked to by this guy, or I haven't been approached to by this guy, and they're going to tell my daughter's story, and they haven't even talked to me. Was that his anger or frustration, or was it something else, like someone telling him false information? 
I think that there was shady, there's shady people around. I mean, look, this this dude just scammed right there, you know. And yeah. then there were, I think, other stories of people coming around who are not, they're not who they say they were. And I don't want to call nobody out because I didn't investigate them. Shady private eyes and all this stuff. Maybe I didn't know Greg. I never got to talk to him. But if he saw other shady people coming around, and I think if I'm not mistaken, he kind of mentioned that all these freaking scam artists and all these people coming around my daughter's case. I think that was one of the things he said when he, when he cussed at me. So that could be a motive. And I'm not mad at that. Like, that's why I didn't say anything back. I'm like, I just respected it. But my, you know, I don't know if we want to get to this now or later, but just my, my only thing was, like, I literally told him, like, look me up. You know, look, basically, I'll ask any question you want. Whatever you guys need, I just want to do whatever I can to help them. But if they weren't trying to hear anything, that was, again, it looked like a civil war. Like, it's either you're with Greg's side, Jessica's father, or you with... Just, I'm sorry, Brittany father, are you with Jessica's side, Brittany mother? This coming in waves. So, like, the, the first thing where her father would have been around early on, because it was my first time ever going into the group. But then the other heavy, super heavy backlash probably came, like, a year later. When Jessica got arrested, I pretty much stopped everything. Obviously, when it's the dad and or it's a mom or it's a family member who's putting this information public, like, it, it's going to make it hard for you in your position to come back and say anything. What, what do you do? All the other thing you do is like, okay, I guess I can't talk to him. And you just press forward. How many other people reached out to you just saying like... That then, at that point, it was just Greg said something. And then and I think, you know, I remember a little shaky. A couple people was on his, you know, responded back. And a little minor pushback. I got the feeling like, oh, let me just back off and, and move on. And Jessica told me, she like, don't worry about it. She didn't too much say all the details about how deep this is going or that even some people suspect that maybe she has something to do with it too but in my inbox at that time i didn't get maybe a couple little messages uh my inbox came later when the big backlash came then i got a lot of people came to my inbox even still to this day i probably should just open that up to you man and one of them you're gonna get caught in a lie when you see in the inbox because she went if you if you if you time the trash talking to me when I decided to speak back, if you time that with my inbox, someone's gonna look extremely bad because they were going on a post and was like, he's lying to y'all. He never said he's open to work. And I went into our chat the first thing like, yo, I'm open to listen to anybody you wanna tell. It's the exact opposite. So it was purposely trying to destroy my name. And I posted that in there. I posted the screenshot of the private message in the group for them to see like, she's lying. Yeah. I think they may have deleted it. If you didn't see it, then they deleted it. You should have saw that. I posted it in the group. He didn't know anything about me, man. He doesn't know anything about me. I've never had a conversation with him. I've never... Once he said that, hey, I walked off. I'm, I'm glad that he trusted somebody, you know, because I just don't think that Brittany Shank was the type of case that somebody big was going to pick up. So them trusting you, you're going to be the spark you're going to be the spark that everybody's going to cover this case after this comes out. And then she's going to have all the attention that she should have had the whole time. After that Greg incident, you backed off for a little bit. Definitely with, with, I just went forward with investigating without, you know, bothering anybody in there. Yes. You said there was a second wave that came that that's when you started getting hit up a lot by people tip messaging. Yes. Yes. I think that's the one that, that, that you saw because at this point, I'm like, at this point, let to put you in my mind frame, 
Man, I sympathize, man. It's a lot of just being honest, you know, just may not like it, but it's the truth. She has said some things that I, I, I felt that were not truthful. So I was upset. And I was telling my girlfriend at the time, and this is around the time she got arrested, and um, just some things were not adding up to me. So at this point, I, I did a long interview with her daughter, and she told me some other stuff. I was like, wow, I was blown away. So I felt like I've been lied to. So put yourself in my frame of mind. I need to talk to Jessica, but she's arrested. I feel like she didn't tell me something that wasn't truthful. And then I go into the group and they all hate me because they say I listen to everything Jessica tells me and I'm pretty much her slave that's going to put out her version of a documentary. And I have all these inbox, I have inbox messages from people of me saying I'll talk to anybody and they're lying on my name. They're, they're purposely lying. They're going in the chat to say that he said he's not talking to nobody and I got proof. So at this point, I'm, I'm pretty pissed. I'm like, that. no one deserves this, you know. Been very kind. Uh, I haven't contacted anybody. Somebody say something to me. I just don't respond back. I, I'm going to respond back to people now. I'm not going to respond back to Brit, Britney's family. But I'm going to respond back to these people in, in, uh, who have attached themselves to the case with, with these shaky backgrounds and doing these deceitful things. And it was when the Ashley girl broke into Jessica's Facebook account and got a password. That was the trigger that, that started the whole thing. Explain what you mean when you say it, that was the trigger that started the whole thing. What was that? Well, she, she broke into the account. I was just like, felt so bad for Britney. This is insane. I've never heard of anything like this before in my life. Like, so just me, and, and I think her, 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 her daughter went to arguing inside of the group. And, and there too and that's when I was like this is crazy like because I I had my idea and at this point I kind of knew how the direction I wanted to go in my documentary and from what I was seeing from that that Facebook group which kind of looked a little toxic it looked like to me that Brittany Shank was buried under all of the arguing showing all of the different ways and the versions with the facts with the lies I, I knew I was going to go that way when you know when you work on a case and when you have unity and people are together, the police department, everybody, even the news, everyone takes you more seriously. When they see you acting like this, they tend, you, you're giving them out to just blow this case to the side. Like they're gonna look down upon, upon people. Yeah. So it was frustrating me with being a passionate person that like you guys are just burying pretty mad. It absolutely has not been covered nearly enough. In my opinion, just my opinion, their viewpoint on Britney and the people involved, which law enforcement should not have, it shouldn't matter. Just because someone was a stripper and they looked down upon her just so they can look at her in a different light. I wanted people to see Britney in a different light. I wanted them to, that's what I felt that I was good at. I will make you care about the person, look at them as a human being. That's what I wanted to do. Get them to care, be the spark to get everybody talking about it. I, I just, this was the first backlash I've, I've ever had. I've never had any backlash on any case. You know, I had one on the case about the stripper after I did this right here. But when I did it, the family came back and said, thank you. They really loved what I did. They were, they were really happy. 
So I was thinking there's a chance that even when they don't like me, when they see what I put out there, they'll be like, wow, we had that guy paid wrong. But death threats and all that other stuff started coming and it just got too crazy. And it got to a point to where I wanted to fly to Michigan like he was gonna go up there. And people talking about they're gonna do stuff to you and everything. And with my girlfriend, I have to ask yourself, is it, is it really worth it, man? She's walked down a dark road by herself. You're going to be in a hotel somewhere and somebody come do something that's really worth it. So for a second time, I put it on ice. And when I put it on ice, I put it on ice just to be completely open and honest with you. I didn't want to do it. The only way I would have finished it is if anyone who would have given me money for the actors and actresses that I did the trailer for, if they would have said something, then I would have reluctantly did it. But other than them seven people, I was done. Uh, like, you guys vilified me and turned me to something. It kind of, it really broke my heart, to be honest. It broke my heart because I genuinely cared and I did not know how to 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 prove I'm innocent of something I never did. How do you prove that you care? You know, I, just, yeah. I don't know what to do. Like, I've, I've done, I'm like, yo, check my background. Yo, check everything. Uh, he won't talk to anybody. Yes, I will. I'll talk to you. Talk to me now. I'm saying in the group, like, yeah. talk to me. And let me interview you. Like, no. I saw the, the onslaught being ran by two people. I don't know the other person's name, but I'm sure you'll have it ready by the time you air this. And then the other person was that, that Ashley girl. Hmm. who seem to be the person around everything. I'm not trusting some of the stuff that I'm hearing because they're going to take that and put, they put everything back in a group. It's, this is what's toxic about it. Like some of this stuff, just give to the cops. They're like, chill, you can't put everything out. And they'll put it back into the group and then it turns to like some drama. So hmm. I'm telling you this, that's not my goal. I'm not only working uh, with your mom. I'm not believing everything I've been told. Did you ever meet Ashley? No. I only know Ashley because she came at me as a pit bull and people sending me stuff about her and video clips about her in my inbox and, and email. What kind of video clips like about her? Like her doing drugs really hard. Like you, you saw the videos of her doing drugs? Yeah, meth over and over again. I still got them. It was, it was crazy. And then, and then like, this is what I'm saying. I know this information about her. And she's vilifying my name. She's coming at me so hard because they believe I only listen to Jessica and I only want to. So they're vilifying me so hard. And I'm just thinking, I I wish the people who's listening and cheering you on knew the real you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to out or anything. I would, If it came in my documentary, I would have used it. But like, I, I felt bad for the people. Some of the people who hated me, I felt bad for because I know that they're being led on by somebody else. I guess I'll, I'll get to that question now. What would be, I mean, I guess in the, in the chain of or the order, it doesn't really matter. But if you could say something to the people that were either influenced or were lied to and misguided about who you are, what your intentions are, and the truth about your actions, that all the way up to the point, and even today, you said, if, if I were doing this, like, I want to talk to everybody. It's never been just about Jessica's story. So... Let's say it's Greg carrying this and it's it's his side of the family where 
maybe they were misled. Maybe there was some information that was shared with them, and I don't know yet. Um, mm-hmm. But what would you say to them, knowing that they have you have a chance to actually speak to them? They're hearing you right now. I don't. I would tell Greg that I don't have a child that's missing, but I do have, have a child. I have two daughters who I would do anything in the world for. I tell Greg, I don't know, you know, how you act in someone's position, but I can understand if I were put in his position, how he'd be leery of anybody. There was some crazy people trying to attach themselves on early. One of the first things that Greg said was that all these people coming around trying to gain money and stuff. Uh, I, I lost money on the stuff that I filmed. I didn't for, for Britney. That's incomplete. I've already lost money because I gave money that I didn't have, even when I tried to raise money for the actors. I've lost money. I genuinely hooked up to a lie detector test, was simply angry that someone could come and try to scam when they are supposed to be representing true crime. So I didn't have anything to give back. So the only thing I had, I knew how to give back was my talent. So I threw my hat in and said, I'll do this documentary for you guys. That is the only reason I wanted to take this on. That's the only reason I reached out to Jess. And it wasn't anything about Jess in particular. It's just that that's the only contact that I had from the year before doing the podcast. That's it. I'm an extremely passionate guy. So I know like I got to one point to where I'm snapping back on all these other people, but I purposely didn't say anything to the family because I know the position that they're that they're in. And I know that people will be misled by by others. But I don't blame you for being weary of people coming on. Please look me up. Look at the work I've done. At the end of the day, who cares, man? Who cares? Got my little feelings hurt, brand on it. That is tiny, small compared to doing the right thing to make sure Britney Shank is found. And I'm glad that Greg did eventually trust somebody. And I'm glad that Greg did eventually trust you. You know, I was asked to do this part, but I won't do anything else. I'll sit back in the shadows and I will root Greg for you to find your daughter. I'll root for you, Jessica, to find your daughter. That's all I wanted. I hope this comes across because I don't know. I'm just talking to you casually. I don't yeah. know. But I, I hope it comes across. Even when I got upset and decided to say something back, it was to regular people in there. It was never, it wasn't to the family. His daughter came back. She wanted to be known. I'm Brittany Half's sister. She did come like that. But, you know, I, I made it a point not to go back and forth with her. It was just to those people who have attached themselves to the case. I'm quite sure you're going to say that name. And then the final thing I say is, uh, in all honesty, I do feel like I, I do feel like I let Brittany down because uh, out of everything that happened, let's say she was in a well somewhere, and I feel like I quit. You know, I feel like when the pressure came on and the people came at me, uh, I did give them what they want. Like y'all think I'm this bad person, I'm just gonna leave. I felt like if Brittany could hear that, she'd scream at me and cuss me out and go like, who cares what they think? Yo, find me. So I feel like that's something that haunts me too, that uh, I kind of let her, kind of let her down. Well, the job's not done yet. Yeah. Okay, so after talking to John, um, 
Ashley seems to be obviously the person, one of the main individuals who had basically run John out of here. Then she sends Scott a message talking about how I'm in this only for the money. Trying to discredit me and to have the family not work with me. Like, why are you telling Scott and you're apologizing because you think I'm in this for the wrong motives and reasons now? And you think this is because I want money? It seems like the only person who who continues to bring up the talk about money and people benefiting from, from, from Brittany's disappearance is Ashley. Like, no one else has brought that issue up. Obviously, the family's not concerned, nor have the Moyers or the Schindelmans have ever been asked for money, ever. I've never asked people for money, and I, I never will. That's my job. That's how I make a living. I'll figure that out. But I'm not going to come ask a family member for money, nor am I going to sensationalize this in a way where I'm trying to make more, you know, bigger bang for the buck because there's this juicy story. Like, if you would have went back and listened to any of the cases that I've already covered, you would know that that's not my style, nor is that what I'm trying to do. The crazy part is I've like, if, if anybody knows what starting a business is like, it's, it's very hard to make a lot of money in your first few years of starting a business. But if you, if we want to talk about money, like does she, does she not realize the investment it takes to fly, stay, airfare, travel, food? I mean, I've filled, I filled up her tank, make sure she had food in her belly when she was working with me. I paid for her food, paid for her gas, travel, like do I treat you like money is my number one priority? She responded to this to the message about Scott and she gave me her two cents, but I really want to like have these conversations while we're in person, face to face. So I can wait a week. That's fine. But when we go back up, I'm confronting all this stuff, including the Facebook stuff, all the other information. When we head back, um, that's when I want to ask these questions when we're face to face. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hide and Seek. If you'd like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community, come interact with us. Share your thoughts, opinions, and theories in the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The Hide and Seek Podcast is hosted, produced, audio engineered, and directed by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Director of Photography and Editing is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson.